And let me invite onto the show Dr. Blade Nzimande, the Minister of Higher Education and Training. Dr. Nzimande, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for inviting me. You would have heard there some of the concerns that are being raised by our listeners based on the first half of this conversation that we had at 10 o'clock, you know, uh, questions about are there particular time frames and timelines that are going to be attached to these partnerships that are being entered into with various sectors in the private sector? Uh, thank you very much. I just need to emphasize you know, that this summit is just one further step in the work that we are not starting today. We have been escalating engagement with industry and arrangements to actually have students getting practical work experience from Tivet colleges, including lecturers. For example, there is the National Association of the Building Industry, Federation of Building Industry Employers. They were just telling me this morning that they've taken 270 Tibet College lecturers for practical exposure to what is happening in the building industry so that what they teach is current and relevant. Our sitters have already been placing quite a number of Tibet College students for workplaces. What we are doing with this summit is that for the first time we are bringing together everyone under one roof, the Tivet colleges, the CETAs, the employers, the principals, to then say how do we escalate this effort. Partly also arising out of the president's commitment that we need to place 10,000 Tivet college graduates into what is sometimes called in-service training so that they are able to finish their qualifications. So we are not starting, we are actually continuing. There is one target, for instance, of 10,000 that we have, and from the look of things, we are likely to exceed it uh, by the end of, of, of this year. And I am aware also in terms of what the others have been saying, that we, we, we won't have proper vocational education unless there is work placement. That is why also we've been doing a lot of other things like curriculum changes, for instance, working with industry, inviting industry people to sit on the councils of colleges so that they can sit in curriculum committees so that it's actually relevant. We also have a program with the German government, which is very good in artisan training, for instance, to help us working with German companies, by the way, in South Africa, who have already started, you know, engaging in internships and apprenticeships South African students from our Tibet colleges. So there is already a lot that is happening, but we are aware that that is not enough. We need to do much more. That's why this Tibet summit is really about upscaling and tightening relationships. That's why, for instance, this evening, we're going to be awarding some of the best employers who have actually been doing well in taking our Tibet college students for workplace exposure. So, so just just so that I understand clearly, uh, Dr. Nzamande, are you saying that the 10,000 um, placements that you're, you're targeting for this particular summit, that those are going to be of students who are currently enrolled at TVET mm -hmm. colleges? So it will be part of the completion of their qualifications? Well, the primary target... 
uh, for that that was announced by president by the president. I those who have finished their theory, Kathy. But in order to be able to properly qualify as artisans or as mid-level skilled people, they need a particular number of months in the workplace. For instance, those who are doing what we call the end programs, which are at diplomas, they do theory for 18 months, but they are short of 18 months for practice, practical exposure so that they are then able to graduate. Mm. Some as artisans to go and write the trade test, others in different areas like tourism, you know, like human resources, public relations, and so on. So our target for now, for the, pre the president's announcement, was specifically for those graduates who are sitting at home because they haven't completed. But those who are still in the system as well, we are actually also attracting them through what I, I've referred to as ongoing programs, some of which are funded by the CITAS. In other instances, are employers who have actually entered into partnerships on their own with our own TVET colleges. You know, for instance, we've got a partnership that is ongoing with Foshini Group, just to give you an, an exam, another example that I'm talking about, where they're actually absorbing some of our TVET college students for this work placement so that they either finish their qualifications or they get the necessary experience so that they can get employed or they are able to start their own initiatives, depending in what areas that they are actually at. So we are doing all this. We are targeting those who are at home, as well as continuing with those who are still at, at, at college this time, because we want to give quality, technical and vocational education and training, which you can only do if you have got both theory and practical work experience. As, as, as far as you know, how many students are currently at home waiting to complete the practical side of their studies? It's difficult to tell that, Kathy. We know that definitely we are not talking of less probably than 50,000, if not much more students. That's why we want the president announced this particular intervention, which we want to escalate each year so that we are able to absorb as many of those as possible, those who are actually not employed. And we do believe that despite the fact that the economy is down, but there are still enough workplaces that if we are able to strike a deal with them, we will be able to do something. We're also positive about this, Kathy, because it's actually a huge advantage to an employer, you know. If SAPC there, for instance, gives you three interns to work with you on your program, just by way of example, you will be able out of those three to see who is the best, who is actually doing well. Oh, this one can actually be recruited, you know, to work with Kathy permanently or even replace Kathy in future, you know, because the person is the best. So that's the advantage of actually having internships for employers. By the way, the other advantage is that employers do not pay for these apprenticeships and internships. It's our sitters who are paying for this in many instances. Some employers do it, but in many instances we say to employers, if you don't have money to pay, not a problem. We will give you a stipend from our sitters. All we need from you is actually just to provide workplace exposure. Of so, course, some of the bigger employers, like let me give you Toyota, we launched a program involving 
a, a number of students, 25, just in one campus in Durban, from Toyota who are being trained as motor mechanics. Toyota is paying them 9,000 rands a month whilst they are actually being students. So we encourage those employers who can be able to pay, of course, to do that because as government, we've also got limited resources. So, so Dr. Nzimande, you said your, your estimation is that not less than 50,000 students currently were at home waiting for the opportunity of being placed so they could complete their qualification. How far back does this date? Well, it does go quite far back because what we have been, I can't tell exactly, Kathy, unless I can just go and check and also give you the exact numbers if you want us maybe to, to do that at some stage. You know, it goes far back because we have got a huge backlog. Because if truth be told, is that in South Africa, we have not had this culture by employers taking internships and apprenticeships. This thing was done under apartheid and it was only for white youth, not for black youth, for instance. So we've got a huge backlog that we are actually trying to, to deal with. Of course, we've made some progress because what I've managed to do in this department, which I started, by the way, in 2009, almost from scratch, has been to bring the CITAS closer to the Tivet colleges, which wasn't happening prior to 2009, for instance. Today, to say to the CITAS, if you've got money for, for stipends, who are you taking for this? Yes, many of them were taking unemployed youth, but we were saying amongst those target TVET college students. That's why in this summit, by the way, it's been sponsored by the CITAS, which is very positive because they realize, because we say, yeah, students that government has already spent some money taking through theory in TVET colleges, and what they need is practical work experience. Then they are able to start their own business. For instance, students who have trained as carpenters, who have trained as electricians, done theory. Once you give them practice, they go and write a trade test and become artisans, and they can start their own small businesses, actually. No plumber who is qualified goes hungry in South Africa. You know, electrician who is qualified goes hungry in South Africa because those are in huge demand at this point in time. So we are dealing with the backlog just as at the same time we are dealing with the students who are actually currently in the system. And I am quite positive, you know, that if we can escalate and get more employers to commit to this, we will be able to reach a stage some few years, some years down the line where no student would be sitting at home having not had at least some practical experience in order to complete his or her program or in order to be able to be prepared for future employment or for someone to start his or her own small business. Uh, Dr. Nzimande, w when we look at it based solely on, on what you have, have told us today about the role of um, these apprenticeships, don't you think that then that... There are thousands of young people who have gone to TVET uh, colleges that have effectively been let down by the system because they've only been equipped with part of their qualification and not all of it. And, and, and one wonders why that the, the full completion of this qualification would not have been catered for from, from the onset. 
Yes, you are right, Cathy. I want to concede that. That we are doing an injustice, you know, to our students, that they actually go through theory and they don't get practical. It's an injustice to them, that they are sitting with unfinished qualifications. That's why I've been doing what I'm doing since 2009, to actually emphasize the necessity for work placement in order to actually address that. But also what we are saying at the same time, Cathy, it's not government alone that should be blamed. We should also be confronting employers. For example, how many interns do you have at the SABC? That is the question that every employer should be asking, you know, because at, I'm told they're sitting in front of me, they are interns. That is very good, you know. We need more interns to be taken by the SAPC. I know that the SAPC has been one of those employers who have been contributing to this. So that is what with this summit, as I have said, we are trying to upscale and also to propagate more for employers also to come in. I, I normally tell many people in business when they say, yeah, Hanzimand, you are not giving us the quality of Tivet College graduates that we need. I say to them, my quality students are also dependent on you giving them practical experience because unless vocational education has got practical work experience, it's not vocational education. So it's a joint effort between government and employers. So if we are to put blame, yes, we will take part the blame, but also the blame must also be with employers themselves. For instance, you know, let me tell you also, Kathy, one of the employers who were doing very well within training artisans was ESCOM. ESCOM was one of our, when I joined, I managed to have, and when I started this department in 2009, to actually have a very good relationship with ESCOM. They were taking a lot of our team at college students as apprentices. But with the crisis that ESCOM is facing at the moment, we are unable to. Although, with the announcement by the president, I've said to my department, this announcement by the president, we need to translate it as the Department of Higher Education and Training by attaching trainees to those managers who are being called back to ESCOM to assist and say that program is incomplete unless we say Tivet College students also, we need to come with a plan. They need to be absorbed so that those managers who have been called back when they leave, at least there is a pipeline of skills. And that's the role of our department. That's why we are looking at every government program, like the one announced by the president, as a training space. We have a slogan, Kathy, every workplace a training space. We must turn every workplace into a training space. We must even turn the load shedding moment into a training space. Not because we, we appreciate load shedding, but sometimes you get trained better when it's times of faults and weaknesses because youngst our youth will then learn much faster to know when things go wrong, how do they get fixed in future and how do they actually get maintained. So I will concede that this is a challenge that we have. That's why we are doing what we are doing. And we are increasing the numbers, Kathy, of students who are now getting so, so, work so, placement. So, so here, here's part of, of, of the other challenge, Dr. Nzimande, is that you're dealing and responding to the problem retrospectively. So you're responding to it after it has happened and not really saying, how do we prevent this problem from happening in the first place? Well, Kathy, we have no choice. We have to actually deal with the backlogs. We can't just be looking from now forward. 
Because if truth be told, by the way, you know, the, 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 the FET colleges, which was prior to TVET colleges, we're really not taking them seriously before as government. That has been one weakness in our government. When I took over in 2009 being given the responsibility of the FET colleges, the first thing I did is that we translate this into TVET colleges. Why did we? It wasn't just a name change. It was also to emphasize that TVET colleges must have a work placement component. So we have to do both. You know, we do have backlogs as government, even in, in universities. We have backlogs and student accommodation because we actually took students much faster than government has been able to build student accommodation in terms of infrastructure that is required. That is our history. That is the reality that we have. So we have to do both. As you go back, we are also wanting to help the students who are qualifying now. Hence the importance of this and also, I'm very pleased that SAFM has been able to partner with us so that we are reaching out to employers who are listening to say, come closer. South Africa has a crisis of mid-level skills, but TVET colleges are actually the place for solving the problem of shortage of what we call mid-level skills including artisans. All right, Dr. Bladen Zamande, we're going to leave it there for this morning. He's the Minister of Higher Education and Training.